When we show up to a structure fire, we know that there are a lot of different variables working against us and our ability to successfully put the fire out with the least amount of loss. One of those variables is what's known as a flow path. The flow path is the route that air takes when it heads in to feed the fire and the route that the fire, smoke, or heat heads for to leave the structure. What determines the direction and force of this pathway is what will feed the fire and how we as firefighters can control those variables. In today's episode, I'll talk about the flow paths that we can create in our own lives to help us stay focused, get to where we want to go, and accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. We feel like it's up to us to hold the line as we light this spark within ourselves. It comes from way Like I'd mentioned in the intro, a flow path is the route that air takes when it heads in to feed the fire and the route that the fire, smoke, or heat takes when leaving the structure. There are some factors in regards to flow path that we need to keep in mind when attacking a fire. We need to be aware of where the fire is headed and how that might change, as well as how the fire load can add to the intensity of firefighter heat stress. We also need to be aware of how additional openings or vent holes can intensify things. I remember being on a fire early in my career where my captain got out of the truck and immediately started busting out all the windows to the structure before I could even get the hose out of the bed. I was really confused by this because everything I'd learned in school and in the academy taught me that the more openings we created, the more oxygen we allowed the fire to take in and the quicker it would grow and spread. Now, I'm assuming that this captain thought what he was doing was the right thing, but as a result, the fire grew at a rapid pace and ultimately ended up with the structure becoming fully involved. Thinking back on this incident, I can't help but think how things would have turned out differently had there been a quality plan put into place rather than a Hulk smash mentality. I can't help but feel like if we would have isolated the fire and compartmentalized it, limited its fuel and ability to spread, and then attacked it in a controlled manner, things would have most likely ended up very differently and gone much more in the direction that we'd hoped. Now let's talk a little bit from an EMS standpoint. When teaching EMT or paramedic classes among my students, Typically, the most nerve-wracking or intimidating skill is that of the medical assessment. Here in the U.S., we teach our classes to help guide students to the successful passing of the National Registry of Emergency Medical Technicians. And when it comes to the other skills like splinting, C-spine immobilization, or even performing a trauma assessment, students typically coast through those stations 
And mainly it's because they're able to see the patient's ailment and they're able to put hands-on practice mannequins or maybe even each other and perform skills in a practical way. However, most of my students are in agreement that the medical assessment is the most intimidating. I ask them why, and typically it's because they're unable to see the problem that the patient's having. They aren't able to put hands on the situation and splint it up like a broken limb or put direct pressure on a bleed or help hold manual inline stabilization. It's not like that at all. When it comes to the medical assessment, they have to rely on their didactic studies and their detective skills. It's ultimately like a game of clue, right? Process of elimination. They have to work through a system of questions that will help them to be guided towards proper treatment of the patient and ultimately result in saving the patient's life. Hopefully, right? Hopefully, ideally. <laughs> now, the NREMT provides skill sheets for each of those things, for each of those um, tested skills like splinting, C-spine, all of that stuff. And for those of you who are certified, you already know this. Um, but there are skill sheets provided that help students with what the system should look like and there are benchmarks for getting a passing grade as well as benchmarks for any critical fail criteria. The template is there as a guide, but that doesn't mean you have to go through your medical assessment exactly in the way that it's laid out on the sheet. As long as you address any critical fail criteria within the timely manner and you get your points needed to pass and you can show your proctor that you're operating as a competent EMT, you'll pass and you'll get your certification. This is where finding your flow is important, because if you can channel and focus your energy into what you're doing, then you'll be able to direct the situation where you want it to go. I've talked about how the concept of a flow path can be related to a fire scene as well as an EMS scene here, but what about creating a flow path for our personal and professional lives? You may have heard me talk about a flow state in previous episodes and how it can help you immerse yourself in what it is that you're doing so that you're effective, but you're enjoying the process at the same time. I'm going to explore that a little deeper today. In the world of psychology, flow or a flow state is the mental state in which a person performing an activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of that activity. This is where the saying time flies when you're having fun kind of stems from because when you're in a flow state or in the zone, as some people like to call it, you'll lose track of time because all of your focus is geared towards the thing you're doing. That and time is relative, but that's a conversation for another episode. While in flow, we are doing the things that speak to our soul. We are engaged in things that we enjoy and give us a feeling of purpose. So the question I'd like to help answer is, how can I create a flow path so that I can live in a flow state more often? The answer to that question is purposeful action. Think about it. When we're on a fire scene and we're working toward fire control, we take specific and purposeful action towards creating that conclusion or that condition, right? We compartmentalize the fire. We ventilate in a specific way that won't grow the fire, but purge and eliminate it from the structure. And we attack the fire directly so that it won't spread and it'll ultimately go out. 
So speaking specifically how we can create flow path for our personal and professional lives, I'd like to really drive home the way we go about creating flow path in a structure, uh, kind of referencing or, or diving a little deeper on those elements that I just talked about. We first isolate by closing any open compartments that would absorb energy from the fire and allow for a new distracting pathway. Then we ventilate by emphasizing natural flow paths within the structure by closing hallway doors and ensuring that the path of the heat, smoke, and fire goes the way that we want it to. And ultimately, we cool the area involved. By doing these three things, we're taking control of the situation and acting the way that trained professionals act in order to get the job done. Let's talk about how these three factors can help us create flow paths in our own lives. So first I mentioned that we isolate, right? We've got to identify the things most important to us at the time, whether they be spending more time with our family or an upcoming promotional test or getting back into shape or finishing that college degree. Whatever it is that we want to do to advance our professions or become closer with the people that we love, we need to isolate the goal that we want to accomplish. So how do we do that? Well, mostly by saying no to all the distractors, closing off those doors, if you will. We have to close those proverbial doors that would otherwise absorb our energy and cause chaos. We've got to isolate our specific goal so that we can focus on it like a bullseye. Let's say we want to grow as a person and become more immersed in a mentality of leadership and progression. If that truly is our focus, then we should isolate ourselves from the people and the events that would otherwise distract us from that thing. I'm not saying cut all ties here. I'm not saying that at all. And those of you that know me and have talked to me, you know that I don't operate in extremes. So it's not always or never, you know, zeros or ones. What I'm saying is that we should understand that we are the average of the five people that we hang around and actively put into play a flow path that would get us around the people we look up to and desire to be like. Exploit that idea, right? Exploit the idea of that we become the average of the five people we hang around. Why not exploit it and use it for good? I've said it in a previous episode, but it drives my point home here. If you want to stop drinking, then don't hang around people who drink. It's really as simple as that. You have to decide how bad do you want that thing? How, how important is that goal to you? You know it and I know it. In regards to this specific instance, misery loves company. So the more we can distance ourselves from the people who would keep us in our misery, why not change things up and actively choose to be around people who don't do that thing? And maybe your goal relates more to your family situation. Maybe you want to spend more time with your kids. Start by isolating the time you spend doing other ancillary things throughout the week and make a plan to spend that time with your children instead. Isolate your time and attention to the thing that you desire the most. Moving on to ventilation. I mentioned uh, that we ventilate, right? When it comes to sailing... The only way you gain momentum is by catching the wind in your sail. When it comes to creating a flow path, we need to introduce some kind of ventilation system so that we can move things along in a constructive way. 
What is it that fills your sail? What is it that excites you and motivates you to accomplish something? What is your desired goal and what is your desired outcome? In just about every book on personal development that I've read and podcasts that I've listened to, the concept of envisioning the desired end result is brought up as a good place to start. You basically begin at the end. Think ahead and envision yourself achieving the goal and what that looks like. If your goal is to finish your college degree, then think of how it will look and feel when you wear that cap and gown when you receive your diploma. Let that be your motivation. Let that be the driving force for your flow path. Now that you've been able to isolate what it is you want, you'll be able to use the vision of your success as motivation and breathe life into your desired goal. And the last element I talked about is that we cool the environment, right? This is more of the result of what focused action will bring you. I can remember when I first got hired and I was running on my first EMS calls, I looked over to my senior firefighter who also happened to be lead medic, and I was in such awe of his ability to just stay cool and calm while on the way to a call, no matter what it was. Could have been a code, could have been a child choking, didn't matter. He wasn't looking up algorithms on the way because he knew them. He wasn't nervous in his ability to perform skills because he had honed them. He was able to stay cool and calm throughout the entire process, and that gave him control. I wanted that. Bad. So what did I do? I took a focused approach. I wanted that confidence. I wanted that ability to stay cool and calm in any situation I'm faced with. I wanted to learn how to adapt in a moment's notice and have a strategy for dealing with any situation that might come my way. By taking focused action on each element I wanted to get better in, I was able to achieve that level because through my competence came my confidence. I'm going to say that again. Through my competence came my confidence. When I was in paramedic school, I struggled for a long time with my IV insertions. They would blow or I would miss one or the other. It just just was not working out. It wasn't a good situation. So I formed a plan where I could isolate myself, not by listening to everyone around me, telling me a dozen different things, right? Because that doesn't help. But by seeking out a person I looked up to in that specific thing. I sat with them and I asked them questions. I learned technique from them and I put it into action. Only through that isolation by cutting out the noise and ventilation by envisioning my success and allowing that to breathe life into my ability did I get to the point now where starting IVs anywhere and in any environment isn't even a second thought. Now I'm cool, I'm calm, I'm collected, to the point where I teach that skill to my students. And I don't just teach that skill, but dozens more, because I've taken that same approach in honing my skills in those different, or in those specific areas. Cardiology really threw me for a loop. And uh, I I was hopeless in medic school. I felt just hopeless about it. Uh, I don't know what it was. I had a total mind block, and it just wasn't landing. And I didn't think I was ever going to understand it. I thought I was going to fail out of paramedic school. I thought that was going to be it. But 
I took a step back, I regrouped, recalibrated, reloaded, and re-engaged. And I tried basically to take a side step and adopt a new and a different perspective. And by isolating my efforts on learning cardiology, I was able to be introduced to some different methods, some different ways of thinking about it, uh, some different application. And me visualizing the end and and providing that flow path or ventilation, I guess you will, of, of feeling inspired in seeing and knowing that when it all comes down to it, I'll be able to do this. This is something that I'll be able to do. Um, not only did I pass paramedic school, but I graduated top of my class. And then I went on to become an ACLS instructor, which is Advanced Cardiac Life Support um, Certification. So now I teach it. And I don't say this to brag. I'm not saying this to brag, you guys. I'm really not. I'm saying it to share with you the idea that it can be done. And it's done best by creating a flow path for your success. This concept of creating a flow path can be applied to basically any area of your life that you want to improve in. However, there's one thing that rings true across the board when it comes to implementing any plan you have for your life or your profession. A plan without action is a wish. Don't leave your life and your goals up to a chance that a wish might come true. I mean, we can't show up to a fire scene or an EMS scene and just wish that the fire goes out or that wish that the people get the help they need, right? No, it takes action. So if you're interested in, in diving in on this further with me personally and jumping on a Zoom call with me for free and refining your flow path or identifying what your flow path even looks like, then click the link in the show notes and join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast community on Facebook. I've got one scheduled for Monday, December 13th at 8 p.m. Arizona time. And during this one-hour block, we'll talk about what a flow path looks like and I'll help you develop your own flow path based on specific goals you'd like to achieve. You don't have any specific goals in mind? That's totally okay. Join the Zoom and observe what other people have going on, and you can see how we structure their plan. It might help spark something in you or remove any mental blocks that you might have about your current situation, just like the mental block was removed for me in regards to cardiology. I'm really looking forward to quality engagement with those of you who listen to and support the show. I'm all about quality and not quantity, and I'm eager to hear what you all have going on in your lives and what things you'd like to work toward. I really mean it when I say this, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Going forward, I'll be releasing episodes bi-weekly. And my main reason for that is I want to dive deeper into active application of the topics that I share, just like the Zoom meeting I mentioned. So if you're looking to be a part of this growing community, please join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast community on Facebook by clicking the link in the show notes or doing a quick search on the interwebs. Join the group, become a part of the movement, contribute to the conversation, and take what you need while giving what you can. Until next time, if you see a need... Own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. <laughs>